I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with SwiftCover.com. For car insurance, don't wait in line. Go online. Get a life. Get Swift covered. Absolute Radio. It's the professional Frank Skinner show <laughs> on Absolute Radio. Um, I'm here with um, Gareth and Emily, my friends, who are going to help me through the morning. Hello. And, Hello. Uh, and there's loads of... Don't say a lot. Are you saying hello to me or to the <laughs> listeners? To everyone. Yeah. No, 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 that's good. I like that. It's like on the cricket when everyone... Yeah. And uh, and there's things I have to say, like if you want to text us, um, we're on 8, 12, 15, or you can email us. You have to go to the website on absoluteradio.co.uk slash Frank Skinner. I've had my first email from Mark Smith, which excited me a lot because the uh, lead singer of my favourite band is called Mark E. Smith. That's the four. But when I saw that this uh, this person, this Mark Smith, had spelt welcome with a double L, I thought it won't be him. Uh-oh. But thanks, Mark. And uh, you begin dude as well, which makes me feel all young and trendy. He said, dude, it's great to have you here on the radio at Absolute. And um, have a ball, he says. No pun intended. Oh. Well, no, we don't get a pun either. <laughs> so what is the pun there? Is well, there a pun? Yeah, there'll be a pun? It'll be about... So did you see uh, comic, <laughs> did you see Comic Relief? I, I did. That, that's I... what everyone's talking about on, at the water coolers <laughs> in the empty offices all over Britain. This morning they're all doing it here. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Did, I you, lo- see, did you see it, Gareth? Uh, no, no. I was I was working last night. I was a comedian. I'm a comedian. I had a gig. Right. This is hard times for being a comedian <laughs> where Comic Relief is on. Yeah, Comic Relief kills live comedy. Yeah, doesn't it? everyone was watching telly. The gig was empty. That's it. They don't think about that. No. What they need is is the Africans need to do some sort of thing to help the comedians yes. that don't get any work when comic relief a, is on. A percentage should go, like, 40% goes to Britain, <laughs> 6% to Africa, maybe at least a couple of percent for the comedians that are losing out that night because everyone's watching telly. I'm not sure about your percentages there. I think <laughs> yeah, we need to... Can nice. we think the percent... I, well, I well down Africa. Push <laughs> well, Africa down I a still bit. think <laughs> Africa should get the lion's share. <laughs> 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 they have lions. They have lions, don't they, yeah, in Africa? I, Confidently yeah. think they mm. do. Yeah, I don't mean the cake shop. I mean the animals. Sorry, you, you were going to say. Yeah, you no, I it. really liked it. I saw. Um, I loved The Apprentice. I thought that was by far my favourite thing. But the wrong team won. Did you see that? I, you know, I've never seen The Apprentice before, so I I don't know how different that was from well, The it Apprentice. Was wrong because the boys created a much better toy. They had this really cool belt for kids. You know, the challenge was to create a kids' toy. And the girls created this weird Velcro suit for children to essentially cling to each other all the time. I thought that was good, though. Did you? Yeah, because I thought, you know, you know, on, on school trips, you could just stick them in one, into <laughs> one big bowl and just roll them through stately homes or wherever they go on school I guess trips. good for teachers, not so great for kids who are quite fashion conscious and wouldn't want to wear some weird Tron suit. I or it's bad, it's bad if you're the smelly kid. Like, at least we've passed the parcel, you don't have to get too close to each other. If you're the smelly kid, no-one's going to want to Velcro themselves no, that, to you. that's true. That's Do you remember pile-ups? Is that something I did as a, as a yeah, kid? When, when, when one kid lands on the floor and everyone piles up on top of it, it would be that, but you'd be, yeah, you'd you'd be, be there stuck forever. like that until dinner ladies would have to come in at the end of lunch and just tear each other apart, <laughs> great rip each other off each other. <laughs> anyway, so they, yeah, I saw the... I'll tell you, there was one terrible bit on oh. that, and, and that was when um, 
Alan Sugar started telling the boys that their mistake was that their, their tie would be so expensive to make. Mm. And he said, you're talking about 50,000 units and it's going to be 8,250,000 for the, for the plastic bearings. And uh, he said, you know how much money we're talking about here? Uh. And under a breath, you heard Carol Vorderman say, 87 million. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, Carol is still <laughs> doing mental arithmetic. Uh, it reminded me of when they said uh, Stan Laurel, after Oliver Hardy died, Stan Laurel kept writing sketches for Laurel and Hardy even though Oliver Hardy had died and poor Carol can't stop doing mental arithmetic. I bet she hangs around dartboards. Oh man. But it was, uh, it was, I cried all night basically. Oh. Partly because I was thinking about doing this show but uh, <laughs> mainly the films were the sad, I mean we can't talk about them really, but they were so, so sad. I pledged everything I had and my house and everything. Well, imagine me at a comedy gig. Like, you know, we went on as normal, but then the little African boy came in in the middle. Oh, you did it live? Minutes. Yeah, we did it live, and it just doesn't work live. No. <laughs> I don't think you really had five minutes of material. <laughs> no. But they were with him, but it was just hard to go on after him. Hey, you know, they missed the big thing, though. I wanted to see... Cheryl and Ashley televised row. That's what they should have done. What happened to the show? All week the papers have been saying what's going to happen when Cheryl Cole meets Ashley Cole after he'd been nightclubbing while she was up Kilimanjaro. It was a bit like the millennium bog. It was going to be the biggest (laughs) thing that ever happened. And then uh, there's been no mention of it at all. I know. I think they've resolved it in private, which I think is really selfish of them. Yeah, that would have been a great comic relief thing. you, You could bid to... How much of the actual row you could watch on telly? <laughs> no, I, also, I don't know what Ashley did wrong. He basically he went to a nightclub. What is what is the decorum if your girlfriend's up Kilimanjaro? The police got involved, didn't they? Why were the police involved? Well, I think like, the, got in the, trouble the, with the police. You know, the police are always hanging around nightclubs yeah. looking for trouble. <laughs> what should we do tonight, boys? Let's follow Ashley Cole around. He'll do something rowdy at some point, and we'll be in the paper. <laughs> yeah, because the wife's the wife. Cheryl you know? will kill him. It'll <laughs> yeah. be hilarious. The wife's up the mountain. Do you ever watch that UK street crime, that um, satellite? TV show. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. It's all about people hitting each other in the street and police arresting people. It's fantastic. I mean, it's mm. so scary, but it's like you can watch all the things that if you saw them live in the street, you'd be terrified, but because they're on telly, you're safe. Mm. And I was watching that yesterday, and, uh, and Eric Bristow was on. It, it, was like, it was like there was a celebrity version <laughs> of UK street crime. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, some bloke said that Eric, you know Eric Bristow is the dart yeah, player, yeah. the crafty cockney. And this bloke said Eric Bristow has just threatened me. Really, with darts? No, he throwing darts at people. I don't know, that... I don't know if. I think 180, to... eat that. I think he just has to reach into the inside pocket and they think, oh no, the tungsten, <laughs> yeah. the tungsten's coming out. Yeah, but it was great. On one of those shows to see a celebrity, I was, I was so excited. I, I can't tell you. Absolute. Um, I, I tell you what I did like. I like that there's a rumour now that, that, that Michael Jackson's press conference wasn't Michael Jackson. <laughs> This is the most exciting thing I've ever... <laughs> is that possible, do you think? Well, I don't know. He's quite a distinctive-looking fellow, isn't he? He's <laughs> he not someone who, go, who you mistake him in the street too much. Is that Michael Jackson? He's just he's got one of those faces where everyone just looks like him. There's a few of them about that. There are... Yeah. I mean, you could get an impression it's quite easily. And he does change quite often, doesn't he? He and is amorphous in the face. And he disguises himself so heavily with masks and hats and glasses. Yeah. That, I mean, I could basically be a Michael Jackson impersonator, couldn't I? 
Yeah, in fact, <laughs> shall we do the next show like that? All this Michael Jackson. Oh, I, I, well, anyway, the This Is It tour, of course, which is, um, as we were saying earlier, what does that mean, the This Is It tour? Is he going to come on and... Uh, is it sort of apologetic? I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. this, this is it nowadays. Doesn't really... I don't do the dancing anymore. <laughs> this is all I've got. <laughs> so, I mean, you know... I'm sorry. I had to sell my fairground. Um, I need to be... I don't know if you've ever sold a fairground. It's the worst possible time to sell a fairground. <laughs> no one's buying fairgrounds. I couldn't afford any dancers. I'm sorry about that. I can hardly move myself nowadays. So, and um, uh, I think we've put a CD in. Can you put in, put in Thriller? <laughs> put in Thriller and I'll sing along to some tracks. I mean, I'm already singing on it, so I won't need to do much. It'll be like, it'll be like this. It's called the first four shows are called the This Is It tour and and then the, the other 45 shows are called Sorry Refunds are available at the box <laughs> yeah. office but I, Michael turned up in a wheelchair at pyjamas again and the crowd <laughs> just weren't having it I was sure it was going to be called the No Smoke Without Fire tour now they rejected that too long too long yeah, on the post too long, and, too long and wordy but I, 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 to be honest I'd like to see Michael because I've, I've never I, I kind of feel I missed out on the whole Michael Jackson phenomenon. Did you? I, I was so drunk at the time for, for all his for all his big years. You wouldn't have enjoyed it if you went. No, you know, you, you I don't mean I just the gigs. I was too drunk yeah. even to hear him. Mm. I, I knew he was a big star, but I mean, I couldn't have identified the big singles or any of that. I liked the Jackson Five before, so I feel that I, when people I meet people who are like such big fans, I mean, mega people queued for like oh, how many twenty seven hours. That is hours. weird, though. They are quite weird people. Oh well. Like, <laughs> I like I like I like obsessive people. So I um, thought what didn't look real about that video was the fans. You looked at the fans and they looked like there was like thirty year old men who looked like they had jobs. When that's not who you see screaming at Michael Jackson back so, in the so day. So not was only it? was it not Michael Jackson, it wasn't even Michael Jackson fan. <laughs> is, is it the O2 centre or is it an inflatable? Is any of this real? <laughs> it might not even be happening. It might have nothing to do with Michael Jackson. <laughs> anyway, if you want to go and see Michael Jackson, uh, all the tickets are sold out. Um, yeah, so they, you, they're so going to be. He sold, I think he sold a million tickets. Yeah. And 49 shows, what an odd number to do. But also, aren't they extending until 2010? So it's not going to be like some big occasion going to Michael Jackson. Everyone's going to end up going. I don't know the last time Michael did a tour, but I mean, a tour is quite hard work. I, I mean, the last tour I did was 69 gigs over, yeah. like, three months. You, you kind of, by the end of it, you're kind of glad of a rest. And Michael's going to do 49 consecutive nights. Mm. And I got the feeling he's a man who could be blown over. You know, he could get injured unwrapping a galaxy. And he, he said, I'm never going to do London again. This will be my last <laughs> London show. And I was like, what, are you doing Basingstoke next? How's he going to get around that Hemel Hempstead? <laughs> I thought he's never going to work again. No, he just said, he just said, I'm never going to do a show in London ever again. Oh, I take that as a slight... I slight. like that impression yeah. of Michael Jackson. Thank you. Yeah, it wasn't you, was it, at the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've, been, I've, I've been asked not to say, but yes. Did he exclaim with joy when he found out the tickets had been... Well, it did, it did say that... Uh, it said on, on Sky that uh, he'd... Something like he'd cried out with delight when they told him that all the tickets had sold out. He's got a lot of cries he could have done. But you would, though, wouldn't you? You would be quite excited. I'd like to. I hope he sounded like a wounded animal 
Well, he always does a bit. <laughs> Is that what it's going to be like? You're right, Michael. Is that what it's going to be like? He's just going to be making... Oh, oh, I hope it's good. Charles Bronson is going to come on and join him for Smooth Criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute. We were just talking about um, the Charles Bronson movie, which, in case you don't know, is is about this guy who's been in prison for 34 years, is it? Yeah, what? that's right. Basically, because every time he's due to come out, I think he hits somebody. Or I think that's basically what works. He keeps having rooftop protests and things... <laughs> So uh, he has been let out, I think, twice, but he he, he, he keeps reoffending. Yeah, he, he, he keeps robbing things or, or trying to. So was he called Charles? Br- is that a coincidence? He's called Charles Bronson. No, or no, or no. he changed his name to be like the film star. His his name was um, what was his, it? Was Michael Peterson? I think. Yeah, or very like good. That. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I can't, that's slightly scary that I know that. I didn't know him in his youth, yeah. and he changed it because I suppose he he, he wanted to be like a hard. So if I wanted to be harder, I could change my name to Clint Eastwood. Yeah, exactly, and that would work. And that in fact, they should have got Charles Bronson for that Norwich Union advert. You know when you get like Bruce Willis saying, "Would Walter Willis have been a big star?" And then you could have Charles Bronson saying, "Would Michael Peterson have been in prison for thirty-four years?" It would have been yeah, great. Yeah. Although it sounds like he still felt like he had something to prove, even after changing his name. <laughs> well, yeah. well, the mistake he made, like in that film, there's the bit where um, El McPherson. Uh, sorry, in that advert, <laughs> El McPherson. I think her name was something like Eleanor Gow. Yeah. And she said, would Eleanor Gale have been known as the body? Which, obviously, she would have done anyway, but she she chose... Um, Depends whether she was found by the police or not. <laughs> <laughs> but she, was, she chose Elle McPherson. She didn't choose... She didn't think, oh, I want to be thought of as a beautiful model, I'll call myself Linda Lusardi. <laughs> and that's the mistake that Charles Bronson did. He, he chose somebody that was already a famous yeah. hard man. It's not like you, you can have a whole... Well, I don't I know think... what the collective noun for Charles Bronson's are, but there must be one. Murderers? No, <laughs> yeah. he hasn't killed anyone. That's no, not... he hasn't killed yeah. anyone, and neither did the, the film star <laughs> Charles Bronson. Let's make that absolutely clear in case his family are listening. It seems like a failure, like a, a loophole in the legal system, is that he clearly doesn't want to be in prison anymore, and they don't want him in prison because he just makes uh, he, ma- he, makes he makes a trouble. nuisance of himself. He does, yeah. yeah. But then the more nuisance he makes, the longer he has to stay in prison. So what uh, what are they going to do with him? Well, <laughs> it's a tricky one. It's, it's, I think yeah. it's a vicious circle. It's a vicious circle. He's he's du- you know, while he was in there, he's written a fitness guide, though. You are kidding. No, I'm not. It's called Solitary Fitness. Okay. And so I thought it was a DVD, and then I thought, no, how would that have worked? But yeah. it shows you how to keep fit in confined spaces. Like what, yeah, with the occasional <laughs> outing on the roof. <laughs> it, it's not when about hitting take... people. No. The, the hitting wardens. <laughs> <laughs> Diets. And punch wardens? and pull back, and punch and pull back. <laughs> Just keep going until they stop moving. <laughs> and ram raid. Is it warden or is it warder? I don't know. Oh. One sounds more archaic than the other. I think, is that like a Victorian name for a screw? No, I've got an idea that in the, the warden is the boss of the prison and the warder is the, is the man with the keys. Because in Jailhouse Rock, Elvis says the warden threw a party at the county jail. And I don't know if, if the blokes with the keys would have the authority to organise <laughs> some sort of soiree <laughs> off their own bat. 
And Charles wouldn't have been invited anyway because he would have been in uh, solitary. Do you know the other thing I love about Charles is that when he, you know, he started out as a bear. Hold on, are you saying the things you love <laughs> about the violent criminal Charles Bronson? I am quite, yeah. Okay. I do quite what's like the, him. What's there. the other thing you love about him? Is that, you know, he started out as a bare knuckle boxer in the East End. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. he did. I'm not surprised. <laughs> we haven't been out with him. <laughs> I haven't we either yet. We don't write to him every week asking him to marry us, <laughs> yeah. like you do. Apparently, you know, he won all of his fights, I read. Right. Um, including his last one, which was with a Rottweiler. <laughs> it was so brilliant. We're literally with a Rottweiler. Yeah, with a Rottweiler. I don't, that sounds cruel to me. I know. Yeah, yeah so he's punching it. I don't know the details of the bout. But, right. Um, yeah. Oh, OK. Well, that, that's put me off him. He, he seemed like a sort of musical character at one point. <laughs> but never seen. Although, yeah. uh, there has been complaints about the film. One warder stroke warden, I said that, you know, he shouldn't be glamorised. You know, you don't know what it's like, you know, being in prison with him. And uh, he said that there's people who he's hit who have never worked again. <laughs> never yeah. worked again? Yeah, he actually, actually hit me about four years ago. <laughs> and I'm only just coming out of it. Luckily, he only winged me. But, I mean, I, I lost my contract with ITV just off the back of that. <laughs> I was walking wounded for three years. If someone wants out of a job they don't like, just go out to Charles Rodson <laughs> and he'll punch you and you'll never have to work again. I, I've seen the trailer. Have you seen the film? I've, I, I, no, I it was out trailers. on Friday, I think, wasn't it? I find trailers are enough. He was out on Friday. <laughs> Can I just say, we think Charles Bronson's a very, very nice man. Absolute. Yeah, we've got a guest, by the way. I think if you're a professional uh, DJ, you actually usually try it at the top of the show, but I forgot. Not that I'm not excited, because he's a very funny bloke. He's Dave Gorman, and, uh, who I'm sure we all know and love. And I did a gig with him, actually, only last Monday, and he stormed it. And uh, he's, he's doing a new programme about inventions, mm. um, which actually reminded me of that. The thing that we were talking about earlier was uh, the fact that they had The, the Apprentice on, uh, on uh, Red Nose Day. Um, and... I, I, would, I did this morning with Ruby Wax about three years ago. What? And we were sitting... I think you meant co-presenting. No, 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 <laughs> we, we were guests and we were sitting in the waiting room, you know, it's like the doctor's waiting room kind of thing for this morning. And this is... And, and she, um, she said, I've invented something. She said, it's, 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 a, it's a kind of a domestic thing, she said. But she said, I can't tell you what it is, but it's going to be an absolute... It's going to be like the biggest. Is the people I've been to about it have gone crazy about it. It's going to be an absolute smash, right? This I say was about three years ago. <laughs> now, either she's held it back, Ruby, mm. or it passed by. Do you think it was like ruby wax, <laughs> a <laughs> kind of household wax <laughs> that's red, that's red, and is, can, you can use it for everything, <laughs> just any. Well, way. if it was that, I haven't heard of it. I mean, maybe it was like the sat nav. And we just didn't know it we was really know. wax just behind you. Quite about Do it. you remember there were those two guys from Big Brother who invented it was a receptacle to put tea bags in? Oh yeah. And I just call that a bowl. Why? What? Or do you just put them yeah. straight in the bin? Or a bin. Well, I've got a receptacle for for tea Maybe bags. That was so I wonder if it's the one. Yeah. I'll have to check the patent number and then uh, Google them. I had a I had a very odd thing. I was quite close with my grandma. And um, I can remember clearly... Did you use her as a receptacle for tea bags? <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? She drank so much tea, she did look like a tea bag. Did she really? She know? really did. Oh, um, and, and, and I, I've got a clear memory of that she showed me the blueprints for an invention that she'd made. <laughs> 
honestly. Your grandma did. Yeah, she probably had it drawn up by someone proper. And what it was, it was a clip that you put on, like, the accelerator of a car that your high heel fit into so that it didn't slip off because she reckoned it was a problem, the slipping yeah, of the I shoe. Yeah, lo- I love that. Your grandmother wore yeah. high heels. Yeah, well, proper lady shoes. Yeah. I think lady shoes are different to men. She was quite a saucy grandmother. Yeah. Your grandmother isn't ruby wax, is it? <laughs> no, but the weird thing about it is is that no one else in my family ever heard about this. Right? She, and it was uh, never she only made. showed it. No, it was never made. She only showed it to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> she thought Gareth's the one to talk to about Gareth's this. the one who can make this happen. It was only happen. eight, and I don't know if it took You're off. eight? Yeah, I was really little. Oh, I don't think you should be showing blueprints to an eight-year-old <laughs> of anything. <laughs> that just feels wrong to me. And I never got to ask her about it again after she died in that car crash. Not really. Oh, no, that was a joke. Oh, that was no. a joke. The story's true. The story's true. That's I had this idea. I don't think it was safe, though, that thing. It Sorry. doesn't say. I think you should drive in flats. Oh yeah, I'm so yeah, I don't mean do in that. flats as in like apartments. <laughs> no, that that's wouldn't be safe. Dangerous. But, but yeah, I always. Uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If any of our, I think you have to say when you're on the radio things like if any of our readers are thinking of inventing something that drive our heels and no. etc. Et it has to be passed by the proper safety boards if they want to do that. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, don't try stuff. Anyway, there'll, there'll be more about inventions uh, after this break. Absolute. So, um, yeah, my invention was a bath plug with a, a chain that's only about eight inches long on it and then, like, a, a football on the end of that. <laughs> so the the bath could never overflow because when the water got to a certain height, it would raise up the ball and pull the plug out. I thought it was so you could play football in the bath. <laughs> well, you could. Say. You could play you football could. in the bath. But if you gave it anything like a, a decent kick, all the water <laughs> yeah. would run out. It would be rubbish. My dentist said to me, he had an idea for um, a door handle that you keep in your pocket, like a magnetic door handle, and that all doors have got that metal panel on them. And so you don't have door handles on doors. You just get your door handle out of your pocket and uh, open it. Personal like door handle. But, yeah, that you so always that have. So it's good for hygiene. Yeah, right? mainly for a hygiene yeah. people thing. People who don't like touching things other people have touched. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a nightmare if you lost it, though. It'd just be really annoying. Oh, God, you could be trapped in your house. <laughs> it could be a Charles Bronson <laughs> thing. Well, he was a dentist, so I suppose hygiene is... Uh, would would have been a big thing mm. with you. Charles Bronson was a dentist. Oh, your friend. No, was a yeah, Charles Bronson's right. removed a few teeth at his time, <laughs> yeah. but in a less <laughs> conventional <laughs> manner. Or is it more conventional? So hard to decide these things. So you, we were talking. Um, we sit and chat. You know, we don't just talk on air. We're not that kind of. We're, we're actually friends. And we were talking about uh, suddenly. Uh, it's what you call um, what? What's the phrase? Shouldn't um, but would. Shouldn't but would. Yeah. Is 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 people who you fancy you think probably you shouldn't, but you would. feel a bit dirty afterwards. after yeah. You've admitted it. Yeah. Like for me, it's uh, it's Judith off Eggheads. That's so weird. You know the woman who I, I'm not after her for her money. <laughs> I know she won the first ever millionaire. Is that Judith? Keppel, is it? I think it might be yeah. Keppel, yeah. Uh, but there's something about... I, I I can see the ghost of her young, beautiful self in her, and I like I like the idea of, of that. Okay. Also, I, li- I like a post-coital quiz. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it'd be like it. going out with Google, wouldn't it? She well, just exactly. knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> you could Google her. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a good day. Googling afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> 
Who do, who do you like, Em? You know who I like. I'm I do, but I'm doing oh, that professional I know, radio I'm really thing embarrassed because it's just awful and everyone's going to think I'm really weird. But? It's Henry VIII. Yeah. I'm really sorry. I know Henry that's VIII. Right. He was a ladies' man. I, think, yeah. I, don't think we can, I don't think we can argue with that. No. It's just, I think maybe it's the kind of alpha male thing. I don't really know what it is. But I used to have one of those kings and queens posters when I was a child. And yeah. A little shrine I had to him and a doll of him I had. Oh, right. Yeah. No, it's proper crush. A small doll. Yeah. And not an inflatable <laughs> Henry VIII <laughs> doll. That would have been a... That'd be a scary thing. I know. It's, it is interesting because I'd have thought in, in the modern. I think of you as quite a sort of modern woman, you know, oh, feminist. Thanks. And he, he was, he, in a way, he was, he was something of a misogynist, wasn't he? He was and a bit. That he had women beheaded when he no, wanted to get rid of them. It is. It's something that I think probably says a lot about my attitude towards relationships. My crush on. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's 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 <laughs> yeah, typical women going for a bad man. <laughs> You've seen what happened to his other wives, and you think, "Oh, I want a bit of that." Yeah, but I'll some, change him. Some people think it's yeah. bad to end a relationship with a text, <laughs> but beheading, absolute. There you go, Coldplay. So, see, I'd, the people who are emailing in saying, "Where's our normal music?" There you go, Coldplay doesn't get any more straight than that, does he? Um, you'll get used to me, don't worry. It's, it's like a new relationship. Speaking of which. Um, I mentioned ending a relationship um, by text at the end of that last bit, and um, I did let let it slip that I have done that. And em- Emily was quite appalled. Is, is that right? Not, that's I was. Not, it's not acceptable. It's totally unacceptable. I think. Especially if there's a spelling mistake in the text. Well. <laughs> That's uh, really bad. Yeah. If you get goodbye wrong. Yeah. No, I, it's over. Well, then you're, you're going to hate me even more for this because I want to... And I'll change the name to protect the... Um, well, not that innocent. <laughs> but um, the, the one, I, I ended one not only with a text, but it was a, it was a kind of a parody of a game show... Um, well, it kind of said, I'll make a call Susan. It kind of said, so, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're going to have to say goodbye to Susan. She's been a great contestant, but um, <laughs> oh, that's the end oh, of the road. No. But she does leave with, and then I listed all the gifts that I'd bought her during Frank, our I relationship. I can't believe you that did that. Oh, my God. It was about four pages of text. It's like, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think that was out then. Otherwise, I, that would have saved me a lot of, a lot of text. Facebook's pretty low as well to suddenly change your status to single that's what that's what the kids do now is that what they do is that yeah. how you, you find out that's how you find out Kerry Katona did that I believe this morning not that she's a friend of mine but I read that in the paper yeah really, God, she, she doesn't hang around Kerry no. she dumped a bloke on Facebook I'm not sure who dumped who, but yeah. That's... You, do you just change your status? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just have a, a status update one day that says, Kerry Katona is no longer in a relationship. Yeah. And Mark got in touch and said, uh, Kerry, what's this? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that's the idea. I mean, it depends also, like, whether it's okay to dump someone by text if the whole relationship has been by text. <laughs> well, I think then. I think if the whole relationship's by, been by text and one day you turn up at their house <laughs> and they say, who are you? It's too and much. they say, you know the text guy? Well, I'm here, but I'm, I'm ending the relationship. But I didn't want to do it by text. That would be absolutely... Ma- Email, how is that? Is that all right? Uh, no, it's still pretty cowardly. Twitter. 
Pigeon. <laughs> You'd have to fit the reasons into 140 characters if you did it on Twitter. Which, yeah, which wouldn't always be easy. No. I mean, how many characters? It, it wasn't me. It was wasn't <laughs> you. It was me. <laughs> oh, I don't know. There's often been several characters involved in these in these splits. It's interesting, though, is it? Because obviously, splitting with someone is not a pleasant thing, mm. anyway. It's idea that there's ways when it's it's supposed to be a bit. I mean, it's not going to be any less painful to be text than it is to be told face to face. That's not going to help them in any way, is it? I just think it feels like you, yeah, you haven't been stitched up quite so much. I think it just feels like a more dignified way to leave things. I always think that on the hundreds of times I've been dumped. I always personally, that's my preference face to face. Well, that's good. If anyone's thinking of going out with uh, Emily, it's good to know that that, that is her dumping of choice. Maybe people should have that on their Facebook thing. <laughs> In a relationship, brackets, dumping of choice, email. Short, but firm. Postcard, I'm for postcard. <laughs> Postcards, or, no. Um, the thing is with postcards, you can never be sure, could you? I'm not, I'm not yeah, flagging off the postal service. Get, yeah. But yeah. at least you've made an effort. That's what postal... And other, other, also, what would be on uh, the other on the picture on the postcard? <laughs> well, it would depend on how the relationship went. <laughs> you could have you could have a, a range of, an animal picture would be a negative message. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's it's, it's all about uh, what's would. coming next. Anyway, um, I'm not suggesting if you are thinking of dumping your loved one today, don't do it by text. That's what that's the message I'm receiving. Absolute. I'm Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with Gareth. I'm with Emily. But now I'm also with Dave Gorman. Dave, welcome. Good morning. A lot of radio right. shows. The, the people cheer and whoop at this the posses, but we have we haven't really worked out a proper welcome. No, Steve Steve Wright pretends to be his own posse. Yeah, <laughs> he does eat. He does that off air, he does that himself. Hey, play with Dave Gorman, hey, and it's Steve Wright, it's himself in the microphone, and you have to pretend that there's other people there. It's quite well, I'll tell you what I do, whenever I do radio shows, and they do say, Frank, you just join in. And they woo. I join in completely, yeah. but I mean, I really whoop. <laughs> but I think you, you underestimate how people can perceive a Birmingham accent in a whoop. Oh, no. <laughs> I think whoop. there's people out there going, oh, that's him. Yeah, oh, that's... no. I, I am disgraced. We were just talking about um, dumping people. Actually, I haven't uh, done this yet, but... If anyone would like to um, text or email or phone in and tell us um, a terrible or funny way you've dumped or been dumped... Or anyone would like to call in and dump their partner. Yeah, by I'd radio. rather my girlfriend did and found it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, would that be uh, etiquette-wise, being dumped live on air? I think it's quite a good idea. You know, though people get married at football grounds and stuff, if they had dumpings as oh, well... No. But isn't that that's always the worst way to propose as well when people do it that big public thing? Because mm. you just put the pressure on someone in a horrible way. They have to say yes. They do have to say yes. I can't think of an example of anyone saying no at a, at any football. I've seen about three at football grounds, and the fans always chant, "You don't know what you're doing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you have. There to was say. a thing. I, had, I was doing a show in um, in Sydney at the Opera House. It sounds very grand, but it was a very small room in the Opera House in, in Sydney. And I had an email from an English guy who said, "Oh, my girlfriend's been travelling the world." Uh, and I've come to meet her in Sydney, and we're both big fans of you, and I've bought tickets, she doesn't know you're in Sydney, and we're going to come to you, and would would you propose to her uh, on my behalf? And I thought, oh, God, he's an idiot, but I will do. And you can see, uh, and I hope he isn't listening, because he, he's a very nice bloke, but you can see him thinking, well, she's gone off around the world, and I'm scared of losing her now, because she, she's got broader horizons, and her world is different, and now oh. she's back, I'm desperate to keep her. I'm the educating Rita syndrome. Yeah. 
and 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 so I did say, oh, there's this guy, and and and, and you've got someone to wear, and he asked her to marry him, and the audience cheered because she said yes, and then after the show, myself and the people I was working with would all go out and have a glass of wine on the on the harbour, and and we could see them about a hundred yards away, and you could just see the body language was, I've said yes, but in a day or two. We're going to have a bit of a conversation. Oh no! And I have been in touch, and I, I do know that they haven't got married and stuff. It's just you could just see it happening. But she had to say yes because she, you know, she doesn't hate him. And there's 300, 400 people all in a room, all staring. And she's got to say yes. I like the way you got in touch, though. You, <laughs> thought, you thought if this is going to be an anecdote, I'm going to be using. <laughs> I think I, I, I need an ending. Oh no! I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't pursue it. I didn't get in touch and say, "Hey, what happened?" He sent me an email about something else a year or two later, and I recognised the names. It was quite a peculiar name. It's and I got in touch and said, "Oh." Oh, how's how's the uh, how did the marriage go? Sort of, and he wrote that. Thing. We never actually got married. <laughs> right. You, you already sounded negative. How did the marriage go? It also, it already sounds a bit past yeah. tense. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe that is what I said. Anyway. But yeah, it was awful. It was just embarrassing. My argument is that she should have said no on the night. I think, I think so. Do you remember when? I think was it Michael Jackson uh, who thought he'd won a lifetime achievement award at some? Uh, <laughs> oh, thing? Yeah, and he that had was so it. embarrassing. I mean, what? And that's how that guy must have felt. He he must have thought he'd won the lifetime achievement. Well, there, there was there was a an, actually. At the same time, in Australia, there was an Australian TV show, which was it was absolutely awful because the whole th- show was it was like a live thing, and they would basically ambush a bloke, and they would say, uh, "Okay, your partner's got something to tell you," and and then over half an hour, a guy would sit in a room and he'd see videos from his girlfriend, basically saying, "Come on, Bruce, we've been together now for eighteen years. You know we're great together. We've got kids. I just want to tie the knot." And they'd have this whole sort of all these videos like that, and then they'd have his mates going. Be careful, Bruce, you know. And, he'd, and at the end of it, he'd have to make a decision about whether he was going to marry her. And there was a priest there and their families were there and the, the wedding happened live on TV. So, actually, they forced some people into saying no because you can't yeah. do the kind public yes and then no. get out of it nicely. Wow, that's, I'm, I'm amazed that hasn't come. That's like the DNA test on Jeremy Kyle. I know. <laughs> They're fantastic. I must admit, I am on the edge of vice. They're the best <laughs> teasers after. I would love to be able to say, and after this break, we're going to find out if George is the father. <laughs> Absolute. That's uh, MGMT with kids. I really like that. It's, uh, I'm just pointing that out. I don't know where... I'll, I'll get out of that habit. But anyway, I'm Frank Skinner. Um, I'm on Absolute Radio. Saturdays from 8 till 10am. And I'm with my friends Emily and Gareth and my special guest, Dave Gorman. Hello. Now, we, we've just been told that we're on webcam and I'd like to point out to everyone that suddenly Emily has lip gloss on. <laughs> <laughs> well done, <laughs> I might have done a bit of touching up. <laughs> Easy. It's a bit late now. We're an hour and a half into the show. They, they, you know, by now they know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's damage control, isn't no, it? No, it does. <laughs> I, actually, I think it's brought out your whole... There you go. And it's for our guest, our lovely guest as well. No, it's not. It's for the webcam. <laughs> okay, yeah. Don't no. pretend. Now, you've got, uh, you've got a new show starting uh, this week, Dave. Yes. On uh, 10 o'clock on BBC Two on Friday, the 20th of March. Yes. Uh, called Genius. Now, uh, a lot of people... Correct so far. All brilliant. Good. What's it about? Uh, it is about uh, uh, members of the public coming... It's sort of like Dragon's Den with its tongue in its cheek. Members of the public come along with their genius ideas. Uh, we have a guest in the studio who is a genius. Uh, on the second show, it's a man called Frank Skinner. And, uh, and, and people, they pitch their idea to the guests and, and we sort of stress test them, talk about them, take them apart and put them back together again and see whether or not they are actually geniuses. Who's on the first show? Uh, Catherine Tate. You see, I always think they put the biggest star on the first show. <laughs> 
Is if it? ever I do a series, I always think, if I'm not on the first show, I always think, we'll just forget it. And I take that as a slap in the face. Yeah. <laughs> if Celebrity Squares were still on, you'd demand the centre square. Oh, I'd, I'd, want, I'd want the centre square, definitely. You wouldn't be happy They always did it. that, even on American Celebrity Squares, the funniest guy was in the middle. Yeah. I always liked it when Little and Large had to share a square. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like Ray Allen and Lord Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> did he sit on his knee? They just looked really sort of cramped in the little square together. <laughs> I saw the Hollywood Squares one, which was the American version, and they used to have like a very camp. I don't think people were out, out, out gay on telly then, but they said to him, uh, the question was, do chimpanzees kiss? And he said, yes, very well. That's <laughs> 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 a great response. So, what kind of uh, inventions? Because they're, they're quite a clever crowd, aren't they, your lot? Uh, they are, although I think um, some, some of this is sort of clever, stupid. At yeah. the same time. So on on the first show with Catherine, there's a, a guaranteed way of winning an Olympic gold medal, which is uh, you have a pair of shoes which are 100 metres tall, and you enter the 100 metres, and when the gun goes, you fall over. <laughs> <laughs> and and it sort of, sort of sort of logically it makes sense. You do cross the line first, but you do die. <laughs> because you are falling 100 metres onto a shale running track. You know? <laughs> so it's sort of, like, logically it still sort of hangs together. But the, you can't deny it's actually a bit stupid. No, when I did the show, though, I, I was amazed at the inventiveness of people. I mean, it was really, it, it was very enjoyable to do, because people do come up with stuff which, uh, some of it, and you say it's stupid, but it's a bit like when you start reading those innovations catalogues. Yeah, you yeah. start laughing, and then you think, actually, I wouldn't mind one of those. Well, a, it's sort a of... A dog bib. What I love about the show, and, and, and I think you'd sort of back this up having done it, is even though the ideas are kind of stupid or whatever, the punters who bring the idea, they're in on the joke, so they know what's going on, and it doesn't matter whether they're not genius or genius. No one's, it's not like the X Factor where we spend the, you know, mocking the people who can't sing. The fact that they're not genius doesn't matter. They brought some comedy to the table, actually, yeah. and everyone kind of gets that side of it. Uh, so they're completely in on it. And I think the guests, I think you, you probably do enjoy it because so many shows are sort of six people competing for 28 minutes. And, like, you've got one guest, and, and so you can sort of sit back and relax and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Instead of having that kind of must-get-in. No, no, it, it, it was very enjoyable. Has there ever been one? Because it used to be a radio show yeah. before. Has there ever been an invention where you actually thought, you know, maybe, just maybe, this could really be an invention? There's actually, there's, yeah, there, there's, um, uh, we had uh, mobile phones with breathalysers built in on the radio. Um, the idea being that it would stop you from making a phone call if you were too drunk, so you couldn't call your certain <laughs> numbers. You couldn't call your ex and you couldn't call your boss. I love that. When you were drunk. Exactly. That, yeah. sort of, that does make sense. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I think you should have um, cash points with breathalysers. And if you're too drunk, it, w it won't give you cash anymore. It will only give you a printed taxi voucher with your home address. So just it's time to go home now. And maybe everyone under a certain age should have fillings in their teeth with breathalysers so you wouldn't snog anyone when you were drunk as well. And the I, I wouldn't would have snogged anyone until I was 27, if that was the case. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good idea. Absolute. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with my uh, my friends Emily and Gareth. I like calling them my friends. It sounds like I've just bought a bid for company. And, uh, and Dave Gorman is our special guest. Which makes me feel like I'm not a friend. Well, you are a friend as, as well. well. <laughs> but I, I, I never enemy quite... of the show, Dave <laughs> Gorman is here. <laughs> <laughs> my arch enemy. I'm here with my so... friends and also him. So, yeah, we hey. meet at last, Dave. <laughs> 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 Previously, we've been enemies by text. <laughs> so it's, now, Dave, we were just talking about your, your show, Dave, um, which is um, which is about inventions, and it's called Genius, and yeah. starts this Friday night at uh, 10 o'clock on BBC Two. And uh, is, I know from being on it myself, a very funny programme. Um, I, um, 
Actually, can I just confess something there? I was just going to talk about how the sat-nav has changed my life as an invention, and I was just trying to work out whether it was in the 21st century, and I looked at the clock as if it would be on the clock somewhere what century it was. Do they have have that? Maybe that's what they should... There's an invention, the the year hand. I don't know what. The The century hand. The very... You can have a century hand, a year hand. Yeah. (laughs) the watch would be a great cluster of differently moving hands. <laughs> oh God! Have we had any? Uh, have we had any emails at all apart from saying why aren't you playing you too? Well, we've had a very helpful one from. Well, I think it's helpful from Dean Woodcock, who sounds <laughs> who sounds says Mike who sounds like an 18th century clergyman. <laughs> <laughs> he says <laughs> he says Mike's sound top. I'm sure it's the news you've been waiting for all morning, but it's true. Dean, the mic processing chap. And I'm not sure whether he means Mike's sound top, as in good, or Mike's sound toppy, as in <laughs> oh, a, bit, a bit too trebly. A bit like that. So is Dean the guy who came in the other day and fixed the mic? I don't know if us? he is our sound engineer and he's he communicating is. There's, us there's by There's a lady over there nodding, saying, yeah, you think he might have just given oh, us a thumbs up through oh, the fantastic. window rather than email. Is it not some direct line for staff? <laughs> <laughs> they actually have to sit at home and send an email like everyone else. Well, okay. it, was in, it was in my contract. I wouldn't t- talk to any staff and directly. They have to email me. If Dean's the guy who set... if I'm dumping them. Dean's the guy who set the microphones, so he's basically complimenting himself. Yes, he's, yeah. he's also... What, Dean sat in bed thinking, it would be nice to say something positive about <laughs> this, this nightmare. Um, the mics are top. Absolute. We move towards the end of the show, and the producers just tell me we don't have a guest for next week. Can you believe it? You know, who's calling Christian in here? It's who's calling in on Frank. It's any, any ce- celebrity will drop in next week at all. Isla Sinclair I'll be happy with. And we have to guess who it is. <laughs> so, it might be tricky. Let's hope it's not Charles Bronson. It's making me feel very good. You're going to be back next week. Uh, so, Dave, you're on tour soon. Uh, yeah, in the autumn, a little but, while. But, yeah. but you're doing it on a bicycle. I am, yeah. I'm, I'm doing... Um, it, started, it didn't start off as an idea for a tour, it started off as an idea for a bike ride. I, I wanted to do a big bike ride, so I'm going to go from the southernmost point of the mainland of Britain to the easternmost point, to the westernmost point, to the northernmost point, but I'm going to do a gig every night. So it's like 1,500 miles across Britain, by bike, with 30-odd nights of, uh, of stand-up shows. Uh, will you be doing a gig every night? Yeah. Well, that's absolutely. I know. Gonna... I've got really scared of it recently. It was like it was funny when I was just talking to my friends about it, and then now, now there's a press release, and people like you yourself know about it, and I'm talking about it on things. I've suddenly it's real, and I'm really scared. I don't know what I'm doing. There's something brilliant about. I mean, it is brilliant idea, I but you. I mean, at the end of it, I mean, if only Michael Jackson had taken a leaf out of your book, wouldn't it be great seeing him go past <laughs> on a mountain bike? That would be lovely. <laughs> but see, he's he's gone the opposite way. He's done a more. There's something the a bit ET about that image, isn't there? But, Michael uh, Jackson on a bike. Hold on. So, but what about? Will there be a tour manager or anything like that? I, I I, I, the details are still to be ironed out. I guess there is, I, but I'm going to end up like David Cameron, where I'm going to be turning up at a venue, and then somebody else in a van's going to be turning yeah, up with ex- stuff. Exactly. I don't because, know. I mean, they, 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 you travel light if you're a stand-up comedian, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. even so, I think I'm going to make it so the rider for the show means that the uh, uh, no pun intended with the cycling, but the, but the, the venues have to provide like a clean pair of underpants and and some and a t-shirt or something, so that um, I don't have to do lots of laundry along the way I'll just start abandoning clothes and picking up new clothes and, and maybe a masseuse yeah it's it going to be um, a, 
Much I'll respect for that, though. Bless I have you. To say. So, um, Dave's uh, new series, Genius, starts 10 o'clock BBC Two on Friday. Uh, that's the first show done, would you believe it? And uh, I actually enjoyed it in a strange ramshackle kind of a way. This is capital K, can't lie down. See you next week. <laughs>